God's powerful God's power is here in such a beautiful, beautiful way. Amen. I was thinking as I was praying, worshiping over the last few years, there are several churches that that just minister to me as much as I might minister to them, and this is one of those. I feel like your family. Thank you for being one of those churches. I love you all. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of Sanctuary Church story. And God has great things, great things that will continue to unfold. Hallelujah. So thanks for the honor being with you all. I believe God wants to, I believe the soil has been plowed, and now God's going to put something in our spirit so strong, so strong. Hallelujah. Just going to talk for a few minutes. Go with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And I want to look at verse, um, I want to look at verse 2 through 4. Jesus said, the Bible said, Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I want to talk to us just for a few moments this morning on faith like a child. And I believe there's so much openness of God's spirit. But to come in to God's throne room, just knowing that he cares about our lives, our families, that he can heal, deliver, save, transform, and he is doing that, and we'll do that in this room today. God bless you. May be seated. My little boy Creed is five. He's all boy, and um, after two girls, it's amazing when you, you have a boy and you just see the God-given differences between boys and girls. And um, and uh, enough estrogen was in our home. God saw fit to give us a little more testosterone. Very thankful for that. But I, I just want to begin our story today from, from the perspective of a child. I want you to meet Creed. I have a, a couple pictures of him. There he is in the backyard with his little John Deere tractor. And there he is at, at um, church picnic, and they had Nerf gun wars. And, boy, he looks full on, don't he? He's ready. He's ready. And um, during my sickness, he, uh, he saw his daddy for, for several months. I believe the next picture shows me on one of my, toward the end of the sickness where I had a, a day's break, a half a day's break from the rehab hospital. And, and, uh, and, and let's back up. Just let me stay there on that one for a little while. He, two things, two times during my wheelchair months, Something happened that was from a child's perspective. He he go he he was in pre-K for for four-year-olds and five-year-olds and and he uh, one day they had a field trip, so instead of leaving at seven thirty or whatever, they didn't have to leave till nine and and uh, and so I was sitting on the side of the bed and my wheelchair was empty 
and he came and climbed up in the wheelchair. And he said, Daddy, see, my legs don't work. See, my legs don't work. And, um, and uh, when it came time for them to go on the field trip, he wouldn't get out of the wheelchair. And he told my wife, my legs don't work. And uh, she said, well, Creed, we got to go. It's time for the field trip. And she looked, and she said he had tears dripping off his chin, and he said, I, just, just thinking about Daddy. And um, a little while later, we, I was at the rehab hospital, and, and it was a church picnic in October, and they had picnic for a whole weekend. It's a fun deal. And uh, my wife brought some of the good food that people were grilling, and and we had a little family dinner in the rehab hospital, and we found a table, and it was all the way at the other end of the hall from my room. And there was extra wheelchairs in there and, and walkers and different things that would be in a rehab hospital, and, and I needed to run back to the room. And so when I went to run back to the room, Creed had climbed up in one of the wheelchairs, and, uh, and he said, well, I'm, I'm going to go with Daddy. And it was a pretty long haul, and, and my arms were just gaining strength back, and and it was work for me. And all the way down that hall, that little fellow was right behind me, following Daddy. And uh, I said, Creed, you don't, you don't have to do this. It was hard work. I said, you don't have to do this. You can walk. And, and he goes, no, Daddy, see? And in the mind of a five-year-old, he, he said, watch. And he stood up out of the wheelchair, and it was slow motion. He went, see? And he went all the way to the ground. <laughs> he went all the way to the ground. He said, see? My legs don't work. Then you'd hop back up. I guess they worked for him to hop back up and get in the wheelchair. And he said, see, and he did that several times. And, and um, just seeing his, his daddy in, in, in that condition. I'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, the next slide, it happened a few weeks ago at a baby dedication. He loves his pastor. And he likes to follow Pastor around after service. And Pastor, he doesn't know Pastor Mangan is like world famous. He just knows that's his pastor. And um, he, he, was, he was listening to his pastor talk. And I just want to put in a, a little plug right here. T teach your kids to, to love and honor and respect the man of God. It's one of the best things you can do for your child's life to know they have a man of God in their life. And so... Save the next picture, if you will, for just, just a moment. But So on, on April the 4th, my pastor had asked if I would share testimony of what God had done in my life, strength and healing over the last year. And um, Creed was in the kids' church that night. And uh, God moved, and people prayed for about 45 minutes. And at the end, uh, they still had the stage built up even extra high for the uh, above-all Easter performance. And uh, there was no way. I was much weaker than I am now. There was no way I was going to be able to make it down those stairs without a rail. So during the altar call, if I could get kind of close, I was praying for a couple people, but, but I couldn't get down to the floor level. And so I was going to go out a side door off the platform, have some rails, go through the lobby, and come back in. And it was, people had been praying 30, 45 minutes. It was a beautiful move of God. So as I made my way to come back in, I was getting stopped talking to people and and um, and uh, one of the men in the church ran up to me, and he said, Brother Greg, you got to come see what's happening with Creed. You got to come see what's happening with Creed. 
And I said, well, what, what's going on? He said, Cree. He said, I watched it. He said, it was so interesting. People were starting to leave. As a matter of fact, most people were going by this point. And he, he said, Creed followed Pastor around and said, Pastor, Pastor. And he said, and, and he said I was close. I watched it. He said, and Pastor turned around and said, Creed, what, hey, buddy, what can I do for you? And, and Creed said, Pastor, if I want to pray for somebody, what do I do? And Pastor said, pulled out a little anointing oil, five-year-old. Pastor pulled out a little bottle of anointing oil that he carries in his pocket, and he said, Creed, give me your hands. And so Brother Dan said, Creed did like this. Pastor said, turn them over. And so Pastor put anointing oil on his hands and wiped them on Creed's fingers and said, Creed, even after you take a bath, these fingers are still going to be anointed. And said, if you ever want to pray for somebody, he said, you just take those hands, he said, and you touch them on their head and you pray for them, believing that God is going to touch their lives. And, and Brother Dan said, Pastor, you know, I had four or five people waiting to talk to him. And he went one direction. And he said, Greg, I watched Creed. He said, you got to come see this right now. Would you put the next slide? Creed went straight to this lady. His mom didn't tell him to do it. His daddy didn't tell him to do it. But a boy that had seen his daddy in a wheelchair and now knew his daddy was walking, had childlike faith, a lady he had never met before and didn't know. And that little boy went up to that lady and said, can I pray for you? And laid hands on her. And then Jamie started trying to pray him through extra good. From a <laughs> Prayed for that sweet lady who said later, I came because I needed something from God. Amen. And God used a five-year-old to minister to that lady on that day. I want to have childlike compassion. Saw his daddy in a wheelchair, rode in it, said, my legs don't work. But now he sees his daddy walking again and knows that Jesus touched his daddy. So he has the faith to believe God can touch somebody else. God, give me childlike faith just to believe that you're able. Hallelujah. It was either that night, later, or in the car the next day. He said something from the back seat, just me and him. Something along the lines of, Daddy, I believe in miracles. Amen. I believe in God's word. Amen. I do too. I had a, a kind of a fun moment in, uh, in rehab towards the end. I, uh, I, I had let my beard grow because the shaving wasn't on the agenda. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, it comes out snow white. <laughs> Santa Claus and Kenny Rogers would be kind of jealous. I had a I had a good, a good white full beard going, and when I started feeling a little better, I said, "You know what? I'm I'm just ready to to shave." And and but because being on blood thinners, I I didn't want to shave with a regular razor, and I didn't have an electric razor. And in therapy, they said, "Well, we got a we have a beard trimmer in therapy, and we have an electric razor. Uh, we use it for part of some people's therapy, and we'll set you up with a mirror, and we'll get you all shaved up." And uh. And so, so if you know me, you know, I, I, I got to have a little fun in the journey. I, I can't just leave, leave it all boring, you know. And so, so I'm over in the corner. I'm finished with therapy for the morning. They set me up with a mirror, and, and I'm doing this by myself. But, but I was like, you know, I don't have this opportunity much. I don't have this opportunity often that I have a full beard. I said, so if I do this right, I can go from a full beard to a trim beard uh, to a goatee to a mustache and a soul patch. I can, sh I can shave in phases. 
And uh, so I was just being silly in the corner, and, and, uh, and, you know, I always thought it would be cool to grow a big full beard and shave half your face and walk around, you know, just whatever, just silly stuff. And while I'm having fun, and the therapist that helped set me up was probably operating eight or ten feet away, but there's ten or twelve therapists and patients, probably ten or twelve patients, ten or twelve therapists, twenty or thirty people in this room, big room, exercising, doing their thing. But while I'm having this fun, a lady comes by in a wheelchair, big cast on one arm, big cast on a leg, and and she saw, we we were laughing or something, and she said, oh. You're, you're crazy. And then she talked for a second, and, and she said, well, well, what do you do? And I got a little ornery. I said, well, you tell me what you think I do. And she didn't guess preacher. I must not have looked like a preacher at all. <laughs> Reverend, father, pre- none of that came up, nothing. I mean, she was like, uh, I mean, one of them was, <laughs> how where did she get this from? You know, that I, I did lawn care, and then I was a lawyer. I mean, I mean, she had some guesses. Now you t- and finally, finally, I said, ma'am, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. And her happy face turned into agony. She got real very serious. I could see into her soul through her eyes. She said, preacher, would you pray for me? She said, when I get out of here, I don't know what I'm facing. My family's been going through a lot. It's been really, really rough. Would you pray for me? And uh, I said, sure, I'll be glad to pray for you. And here we are with 30 people in the room and, and kind of over in the corner. And, and so I said, after lunch, tell me what room you're in. And, you know, therapy hospital, inpatient. And I said, I'll, I'll roll down to your room and, and, and we'll, we'll pray together. And... Uh, and so I was halfway through shaving, and I kept shaving, and she kept sitting there. She didn't leave. She kept talking about prayer, needing prayer. And I still remember this other little older man that was sitting close. He heard what we were talking about, and I'm just going to say it like, like I heard it. He said, yeah, prayer's a powerful thing. And uh, I'm like, yes, sir, it is. And, and, uh, and I got through with the whole shaving process, and Christine was still sitting there. And I said, Christine, we don't have to wait till after lunch. I said, but I believe God can touch you right now. And then she made a statement that I said, it's on now. She said, I need a, I, I need a touch of the Holy Ghost so bad. And when she said ghost and not spirit, I knew she knew a little something. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, somebody ain't afraid to use the ghost word. I mean, it's on. <laughs> and... and, and, and and I said, well, let's, I said, let's pray. Two people in wheelchairs in a rehab hospital. I reached out and took her hand. 10.35, her therapy session started at 11. She was just rolling around, killing time to her next session. And I prayed for five minutes, and I tell you all, I thought I prayed a good prayer. Got a little teary-eyed, felt like I touched heaven. And I was about to say Amen. And I opened my eyes and looked before I said amen, because the Bible says watch and pray, right? And, uh, no, just kidding. But I opened my eyes, and she wasn't ready for amen. Her little head was going back and forth. Tears were coming down her cheeks. So I just took my head back down. I said, ooh, we're going to keep on praying. In the corner, nobody really paying attention, just talking to the Lord. Prayed for about five more minutes, and I felt the Holy Ghost coming on me strong. I said, well, she said Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray in the Spirit for a few minutes here. So I, I began to pray and pray in the Spirit, 
and uh, quietly, and and then I had prayed back in English again, and, and looked up, and her head was going a little bit stronger this time. I said, well, we ain't stopping. Hey, Amen. And a few moments later, in the corner of a therapy room, God baptized Christine with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because a lady, because a lady had childlike faith that just says, I need Jesus so bad. She wasn't worried about where she was at or what's going on. And I'm telling somebody in this room, the doors are wide open in the spirit today. It's been on us all service long. Somebody's going to have that faith of a little child that just says, God, I believe you can. I believe you're here for me and my family and my situation. Somebody's going to have the faith of Christine and the heart of Christine that just says, I, Preacher, would you pray? I need Jesus in my life so bad. Amen. I don't know if English-wise that's how you're supposed to say it, but that's how she say it. I need it so bad. Amen. So I don't know who you are, exactly what you're walking through or your situation, but I'm telling telling you that God is in this house and we're just going to come to him simply and we're going to come to him purely and allow his anointing to flow. Let me tell you what I believe has happened so powerfully in this room. When I received my second diagnosis, and if you were here last Sunday, I told you I had three different hospital stays, three different rehab stays. West Nile virus was the first one. And one doctor at the end explained it best. He said, the West Nile made you susceptible to the next one, which was the Guillain-Barre, the immune system disorder that attacks your nerves. That made you susceptible to the blood clots. And he said, so it, each one kind of made you susceptible to what came next. But when I, when I got the diagnosis for Guillain-Barre, I could move my, my I become mostly paralyzed. I could move my arms a little bit laterally, laying on the bed. I could, I could still talk. I could move my, my legs a few inches. But it was, it was a tough, tough situation. And when they made that diagnosis on a Sunday, they did some testing and made the diagnosis on a Sunday, the, uh, the doctor told me that the medicine was going to be something called IVIG. And IVIG stands for intravenous immunoglobulins. And um, I didn't know what this medicine was, had never heard of it. But they said, we'll start, this was on Sunday, but they said, we'll start on Monday. So my wife said, you know what, Greg, I, just, I really feel like I need to be at church tonight. So she went to church. And a man in the church named Davin Ainsworth came just to sit with me and be with me that night. And we had a laptop in the room. And. Pentecostals of Alexandria has Sunday night service and, and live streams it. So we opened the laptop, and Davin put the service on. And we were just chatting, and then when the service started, we were watching the service. And it was one of those that made it to the second song. And everybody came up front, and God was moving so powerfully. And, um, and after a while, it was just music was kind of in the background. No preacher was really exhorting, and it was just, and, and I'm not saying prayer is not good to listen to, but I'm saying it was just people praying. It was, wasn't a church service to watch. So I said, Davin, turn that down, and, and we'll just visit. And, uh, and so we did. And uh, then uh, after about 10 or 15 minutes, Brother Anthony Mangan grabbed the microphone and exhorted for a moment. And he said, church, I mean, they were praying, church, 
We need to pray for Greg Albritton right now. He's got a new diagnosis today. And, and I remember, I mean, that was a pretty good feeling. That was me he's talking about. I'm like, Davin, turn that up now, man. I, I need to hear this one. And uh, he hurried up and turned the computer up. And then my pastor began to pray. And our church began to pray. And instantly, instantly, something was released in that hospital. I wasn't healed at that moment. But something shifted in the spirit realm. Something came so very strong as God's people prayed. Amen. And, 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 and later that night, pastor came and some saints came and my family came. We never stopped praying. We prayed till they got there, prayed. And, and um, I, at one point, a couple of the folks praying in the room got a little loud. And even though I was sick, I was like, boy, the whole fourth floor is getting prayed for, not just me. I mean, there was some anointment going on. And a, a powerful touch of heaven. Then on Monday, the IVIG started. And on Tuesday was a day that the body of Christ, different minister friends had helped put together a day of prayer and fasting for me before the second diagnosis. And people prayed and fasted. And my situation began to shift. But let me tell you about the IVIG. And then we're going to pray together. I feel like God's just going to do a work in this room. IVIG is a medicine that is made from most websites that I studied said almost, if not more than 1,900 plus blood donors, blood goes into one bag of the formula that's called IVIG. These healthy blood donors donate their blood and then in the lab it's broken down to, I'll put it in layman's terms, but from the plasma of the the part of your blood that's immunity, the part of your blood, you break it down, the part is called the immunoglobulins or the antibody. They take that from hundreds of blood donors and they put it in this formula that is then put directly into your bloodstream that helps health come to you, helps life come back to you, helps your immune system get back in line. That was amazing to me. And I found out later it was $10,300 a bag, and I had four bags. So I was thinking if we could get this stuff back out of me, we could make us a little cash. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> no, it, started, it, it was so powerful. My father-in-law had worked for a pharmaceutical company for years, and he had access to journals. He said, Greg, this is, this is one of the most powerful drugs because it's from people's blood. Boy, and I got to thinking about that. Thousands of people contributing, hundreds of people contributing to something that's going to be put directly into my blood to help restore my health. And it was a few weeks later the Lord impressed me. He said, yeah, that was man's IVIG. He said, but mine started on Sunday night when you were watching that church service. And that's what I feel was happening in this room. It's been happening in this room all service long. 
Amen. The Bible says the life is in the blood. So hundreds of life giving source from people's blood was put into something that was put in my body. That doctor said, we're going to try to help fix your immune system and, and get your body to healing. And God said, I got my own IVIG. He said on Sunday night, I got a lot of Holy Ghost filled people. The life is in the spirit. The life is in the power of God. Hallelujah. And if God can take blood and medical can take blood and put it in my body, bring health, God said the life is in Christ. But there's a lot of Jesus believers. There's a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost. And when they began to release what's inside of them, amen, then a power can come and a power came into my room that began to bring spirit, began to bring life, and began to bring healing. And it's about to happen in a moment in this room again right now. I'm asking every faith-filled believer, I'm asking every person that's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, every person that has a belief and faith in the power of God, we're going to do something in this room, and I'm not going to be surprised what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes or so because there's going to be a release. The healing power comes from God. The Holy Ghost comes from God. The deliverance comes from God. But there's a whole lot of people in this room saying, I'm going to let what's inside of me flow. It's already done it all service long. Amen. Going to let what's inside of me flow in this room. Somebody else may need a touch of the Holy Ghost. We know it comes from heaven, but you have this treasure inside of this earthen vessel. And when you begin to let it flow, healing is released. Strength is released. Power is released from the throne of Almighty God. So would you stand with me right now? Faith like a child. Faith like Christine. Just to believe. And we're going to let God's power release in this room right now. Amen. Would you slip your hands to the heavens right now? I see tears flowing in this room. God's presence has never stopped moving. Hallelujah. 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 Now I'm asking you right now just to come. Come as, as a child. Just say, God, that little boy saw his daddy in that chair, and then he sees his daddy walking. He believes. He knows that you can touch. He knows that you can minister. He knows that you can heal. God, Christine just found out there was a preacher in the house and said, I need a touch of Holy Ghost so bad. I need a touch of heaven so bad. Would somebody just have that childlike faith, that faith like Christine, and just say, God, I need something from the throne room. I need something from the heavens. I need something. Thank you, sir. He's already coming to the front. Didn't even make an invitation. Look at that. Would you begin to step out from across this room? You want something from heaven in your life. Hey, I know it may be a little crowded at the front, but I feel we need to come to the front today as much as you can. Come to this altar right now. There's holy oil and holy power in this house. That's it. God knows your need. God knows your circumstance. God knows your situation. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Now I'm asking everybody, amen, that's close to somebody that's praying for somebody with a need. Some are already doing it. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Put your hand on somebody near you. And let's let God's IVIG work right now. Church, I could try to go lay hands on everybody, but you've got power in you right now. Let it out in this room. It's been let out throughout this service. Hallelujah. It's been let out and it's coming out again. It's the power of healing. It's the power of heaven. It's the power of Almighty God. If in the natural, life-giving blood can be put into somebody's system to help bring restoration, then I'm speaking restoration of the Spirit right now. I'm speaking healings from the throne room right now. I'm speaking renewings in the Holy Ghost right now. That's it, church. That's it, young adults. 
That's it, young adult age. I just felt that just real strong. Let an intercession come from you. Let a prayer come from you. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you right now in Jesus' name. That's it. What's inside of you, let it out. That anointing that's in you, let it flow to that one beside you. I speak Holy Ghost right now. I speak deliverance right now. I speak strength right now. I speak power from, come on, somebody. Saints of God, let virtue flow from you right now. Saints of God, let virtue flow from you right now. Saints of God, ha, that's it. Let's go ahead. That's it. There's something going to happen in this room today. Saints of God, let something flow from you right now. Saints of God, let something flow from you right now. It's not a time to, to pray little pity patty prayers. It's time to let something powerful flow from you right now. Hell's chains, you got to break. Uh, heaven's anointing, you come right now. In Jesus' name. That's it, saints. Let something flow from you right now. That's it, church. Let God's IVIG work in you right now. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it, people of God. Let God's IVIG work right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Let the Spirit flow. Let the Spirit flow right now. Let the Spirit flow right now. That's it. If you feel ministry on you, find somebody to lay hands on you. Don't be afraid to walk around a little bit. There's something strong in this room right now.